This time I invite you to turn in your Bibles with me to the Gospel according to Luke, Luke chapter 2. I'll begin reading at verse 8 to verse 20. If you're using a pew Bible, that can be found on page 1018. This morning we heard a sermon on the first seven verses of Luke chapter 2. This evening we consider chapters eight, uh, chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. And this evening's sermon titled is Good News of Great Joy. Let us now hear God's word. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been done, as it had been told them. Thus far the reading of God's holy word. Let's ask his blessing in a time of prayer. Oh, Father in heaven, we pray that you would shower your spirit upon us. That we, O oh Lord, would understand what the spirit of the living God is teaching the church of Jesus Christ through this text of scripture. And that you would feed us true spiritual food and drink. That you would feed us Christ the Lord. That we may hear it and believe it. And walk in a manner worthy of the calling that is in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whose name we pray, amen. Congregation of Christ, it seems that we can't escape bad news. This seems to be the reality of life. In fact, it doesn't seem to be so, it is so. Bad news is readily available even at our fingertips. We hear bad news daily in the news, and there are wars and rumors of wars. We hear bad news concerning relationships, concerning the suffering of people, perhaps those whom you know or heard of. We know and experience bad news even in our own lives, personally. Needless to say, sin and its effects have made life miserable and painful for all people. This is the reality of life. This is the reality. The effects of sin 
original sin and actual sin have made life painful and miserable for all people, creating a feeling of helplessness and hopelessness. And so what do people do? They look for good news. But the news that they look for is not really good at all, is it? It's just bad news on top of bad news. No, we need good news. We need gospel. Gospel means good news. That's what we need. We need good news when we suffer pain and hurt. We need good news that someone will save us and help us in our spiritual peril and troubles. We need comfort and joy, as the hymn writer penned. We need comfort and joy. We need life and light. We need good news. But what constitutes good news? What do I mean by that? Well, what may be good news to me may not be good news to you. Isn't that so with the world? What we consider to be good, good and great news, the world considers to be foolish and just downright dumb. So what constitutes good news? Well, God is the one who gives good news. God gives good news to his people. True believers find great comfort and joy in the birth of Jesus because his entrance into this sin-sick world, his entrance into my life and its misery, is the only good news that I have. Otherwise, what are we doing here? If the Lord Jesus Christ is not our joy and comfort, if he is not our light and life, if he is not the good news of great joy, then what are we doing here? But as it is for the Christian, Jesus is our joy. He is our hope. In this sin-sick world of suffering and grief, He gives hope to the hopeless. He gives help to the helpless. And we know that, Christian, do we not? Do you know that? In this passage, the shepherds are the first recipients of this good news of great joy. Oh, do we have a message to tell? <laughs> we have good news. Oh, Pastor, that's just cliche. That's just, I mean, of course it's good news. Really, it's good news. It is great news. What do we do with it? What do you do with it? The shepherds received good news of great joy when an angel of God appeared to them and declared it. God sent his messenger, an angel, to declare good news. First, for the shepherds, it was unexpected news of 
great joy. Unexpected news of great joy. In the same region, uh, region, verse 8, in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. It was probably like any other ordinary night for a shepherd keeping his watch over the flock. It is argued that these shepherds were keeping watch over sheep for the sacrifice in the temple. These sheep were probably being ready for sacrifice. It's very possible. But these shepherds typically took shifts throughout the night protecting the flock from any danger from nature and the beasts of the field because sheep are very skittish. They're easy prey. They require a lot of attention and care. If there's no shepherd, then they go astray and get lost. And they wander. There's a reason why God calls us sheep and that God is the shepherd. But these shepherds, shepherds in general, this vocation was not well respected in those days by the community because they were known as nomads. They were never home. They always went from place to place so their, uh, their sheep can feed from the land. They were also those who would have possible uncleanness due to the various environments that they were in. There were certain situations that they found themselves in that made them unclean, and so the community avoided them. They were at times considered outcasts. But doesn't God care and love the outcast? The social outcast? Doesn't God love and receive social outcasts who call on his name? In fact, suddenly and unexpectedly, an angel of the Lord appears to who? Appears to shepherds, who would be the least of these. They appear, he appears in glorious splendor and majesty. The glory of the Lord shone around them. These shepherds see the glory of an angel. Is he here to bring us bad news, or is he here to bring us good news? What kind of messenger is this? What is he about to do? What is he about to tell us? What's going to happen to us? And these, these shepherds were so fearful and frightened at the sight of this angel. And so this angel comes to announce good news, just like the angel of the Lord announced good news to Zechariah about the birth of his son, John the Baptist, to a barren woman named Elizabeth, just like an angel, the, the majestic and strong and mighty warrior angel Gabriel pronounced and announced to Mary that she would conceive in her womb a child whose name will be Jesus. Well, an angel, too, delivers good news, not bad news, to the shepherds. No, the angel didn't go to Herod the Great. 
The angel didn't go to Caesar Augustus. The angel didn't go even to the high priest in the temple or the religious leaders. No, the angel of the Lord went to an outcast. He went to a shepherd, a group of shepherds who were tending sheep out in the field. The unexpected news of great joy was the birth of a Savior who is Christ the Lord. How is He our Savior? He is our Savior from our sin and His consequences. That is, He is our Savior from the wrath of God and the judgment of God against our sin by bearing in His body on the tree our sins, by bearing in His body and soul the wrath of God, by bearing in His body and soul the punishes. Punishment that is due to us. Think about this. Mary pondered this child. And at the end of Christ's life, what did she ponder then? That the Christ, the child that she bore in her womb, the child that she delivered, is the very child that would be beaten and bruised and hang on a tree, a cross, for her sins and for the sins of his people. The unexpected news of great joy is given to the shepherds. He will be a savior of our, from our sins. He will be our savior from the powers of darkness and the prince of darkness who is the devil. He will deliver and save you and me from the power and the fear of death itself because Jesus Christ defeated death in his resurrection from the dead. You see, Jesus Christ is savior He is Savior who is born and whose mission was to seek and to save the lost sheep through his death and resurrection that he may bring the dead to life by the power of the Spirit. For unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This unexpected news given to the shepherds brings about a desire of the shepherds to go and see this child. Congregation, Jesus knew why he came into this world. He wasn't blind to it. He knew. It was no shock to him. He came to call the lost sheep of Israel to himself. He came to be the savior of the world. He came to be our good and great shepherd. He came to seek and to save the lost like you and me. And when he finds us, it is at the most unexpected times in our lives. The angel delivered a message from God, a word of God to the shepherds revealing the birth of Christ. We too have received revelation from God through his revealed word, the Bible. It is through the Bible we come to know who God is. We come to know the gospel, the good news. We, we come to know of what Christ accomplished for us. But God still works in unexpected ways, does he not? I remember where I was sitting when I heard the first Christian sermon. And I tell you, I'll be honest with you, I was not at church because I... I cared about God or the Lord. I was looking for a woman. 
first Christian sermon, God showed up unexpectedly and called me to saving faith. The Lord works unexpectedly in individual hearts at different times through different circumstances through the same gospel message, through the same good news. And he has worked in your heart, Christian. He has worked in your heart. When we look for something or someone to make us happy or whole, when we look for that good news, but we look for good news in all the wrong places, we ought look no further than Jesus, who is our great joy, our eternal joy. Amen? This unexpected good news of great joy, the angel says, is for all the people. Secondly, the universal news of great joy. This good news is universal. The angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. All the people. Jesus is our great joy, and he is for all peoples from every tribe, tongue, and nation. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Anyone, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, says Paul, will be saved. Jew or Gentile. It will be for all nations. All peoples. There will be no discrimination. He saves indiscriminately those who are called by his name. Rich, poor. Prince, pauper. He saves all who call upon him. Men, women, and children from every tribe, tongue, and nation who have been redeemed or purchased unto God by the blood of the Lamb, will be saved and enter into his fold, his sheep pen, and he will be their good and great shepherd. At John chapter 10, Jesus declared that he is the good shepherd of the sheep and that he lays down his life for the sheep. John chapter 10 Beginning at verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock, one shepherd. One flock, one shepherd. The one flock will consist of every tribe, tongue, and nation who are saved by the blood of the Lamb under the one shepherd, the one head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ. This Savior who is born in the city of David is David's Lord, is King Jesus, and He is Savior of all who believe. angel delivers it to the shepherds, but it doesn't, it doesn't stay with them. 
It was delivered to Mary and Joseph, but it doesn't stay with them either. It was delivered to many, but it doesn't stay with them. The, the gospel goes forth. It goes forth indiscriminately to all peoples everywhere. What a beautiful truth. But what a difficult thing for a people who receive the covenants to hear. Jesus came to his own and his own received him not. But to those who receive him and believe in his name, he gave the right to be called children of God because they are born of God. The universal news of great joy, Jesus Christ. At the end of Matthew's gospel, before he ascends into heaven, he tells his disciples to go into all the world, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you, for lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus Christ, King and Lord, makes this mandate to the church to go and preach indiscriminately this universal gospel. Mark, at the end of his gospel, go into all the world and preach the gospel. This is the calling of the church. The calling of the church. Because we have good news. We have great news. I may have used this as an illustration in the past, but I think it's an appropriate one to bring up again. I mentioned in the past, I think when I got here a number of years ago, of my mentor and pastor, Shortly after I became a Christian, he took me under his wing. He, he taught me the word. I was very biblically ignorant, theologically ignorant. Never read the Bible until I was 23 years old. And he would take me to go evangelize. And he said to me, Roberto, you have the greatest news to give to another person. If you had the cure for AIDS or any other terminal disease, what would you do? Well, you would promote it indiscriminately. You would want people to know it, hear about it, receive it. Well, Roberto, you have the greatest news, the good news that Christ Jesus is Lord. He is Savior, and he has the cure. He is the only cure for eternal death and hell. That is good and great news. So what do we do with it? In a few moments, we'll see what the shepherds did, what the peoples do. After casting their eyes upon the Christ child, what do they do? Lastly, unbridled praise and wonder. Unbridled praise and wonder. You have unexpected good news of great joy. The shepherds weren't expecting it. They are shocked and fearful, but the, but the angels comfort them. And then you have the universal news of great joy. 
And now you have unbridled praise and wonder. The angels give a sign to the shepherds. Look with me in your Bible at verse 12. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. Gloria in excelsis Deo. And on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The shepherds are given a sign, and the purpose of a sign is to confirm a word, to confirm a promise, and to strengthen faith. And so the angel says, and this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in the manger. When you see the child, when you see this child, you will know who he is. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, a multitude of angels in all their glory and splendor, in all their light, the very angels whom the, the Christ child himself Created, give glory to God in the highest. They give glory to God because the good news of great joy is all about God. Salvation from beginning to end is all about God. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God because He is the one who deserves our glory and praise. And the angels are giving praise to God. These angels, whom Peter says in his epistle, long, long to look into the mysteries of Christ. Even angels long to look into the redemption of the sons of God. And they give glory to God. The incarnation of the Christ and the salvation that he provides for sinners evokes a praise-worthy response from the angels. Glory to God in the highest and peace upon all those with whom God is pleased. Who is God pleased with? He is pleased with those who believe in his one and only Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Believing consists in a humble, a humble repentance of sin a turning to Christ from sin, from idols, and receiving His mercy and grace for the forgiveness of sins through His cross and resurrection. Oh, the angels weren't the only ones, were they, who praised the Lord, gave glory to God. There was also wonder. Wonder, too, is praise. When you meditate and reflect 
on the wonder of the gospel, on the wonders of God, you are in fact indeed praising God. Your mind and heart is enraptured by His miraculous work of salvation in your life, in my life. Mary is in awe, treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart, which is a common phrase for Luke in his writings. Oh, it's not just Mary and others who are with the Christ child. You have the angels, you have Mary and others who are with with Mary, who heard what the shepherds had said, and they were wondering, they were wondering what is going on here? What are we experiencing? What are we seeing with our very eyes? What do the shepherds do? They too have unbridled praise and wonder. They return back to their post. They return back to shepherding. They once received unexpected news. They have now seen the Christ child, and they are now rejoicing because once you see the Christ, it evokes a response of praise and worship. Is that not your response to having come to know and see with the eyes of faith your Christ, your Savior, who loved you so much that he laid down his life for you? Is your response not one of praise and adoration, magnifying his name? Is it not? Is that not the response of your heart, Christian? They return to their post, a changed people after seeing the Christ. Because God confirmed the good news of great joy when they saw the child. And it was received with unbridled praise and wonder by all who heard and saw him. What was an ordinary night for shepherds became an unexpected, extraordinary one. That's how God works. What was ordinary became extraordinary when God turned the hearts of shepherd to look upon the Christ and to give praise and adoration to the God for the gift of salvation. There's plenty of bad news to go around. Plenty of it. You don't have to look very far. But Christians, we have good news of great joy. The empty philosophies of this world, the religions of this world, provide nothing but hopelessness and helplessness. Their quote-unquote Good news is just a mask for bad news. The only good news to be found is in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And we know and come to believe this one Christ, the Christ of Scripture, through His holy and divine Word. You want to see and believe Jesus? You want to see Him? You look to the Bible. You look to the Bible. This is where we hear and see Jesus. Not through ecstatic visions, dreams. No, God has given us His holy, infallible Word 
so that we may know and see Jesus with mouths and hearts of faith. Jesus, after he was crucified and was raised from the dead, told Thomas, after he showed the marks, said, blessed are you, Thomas, for you have seen and believed, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And that's you and me, Christian. We have not seen with our eyes, but we have seen with eyes of faith. We have seen with the eyes of our heart because God has done a miraculous work, an unexpected work, showing us, revealing to us good news of great joy, turning our hearts toward Him so that in times of bad news, which are quite often infrequent, we claim the good news. Hear me on this. Please hear me on this. Because when bad news strikes, what is our immediate response to dwell upon it, to immerse ourselves in it, to become so wrapped up into it that we lose sight of the gift of good news? Is that not true? Is that not true when we are wrapped up in the bad news that we lose sight of the good news? And so what do we do? We need to preach to ourselves. We need to preach to ourselves that unto us a child is born in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He is God's indescribable gift to me. So that in these times of bad news and hardships, I have one who conquered sin. I have one who conquered the evil one. I have one who conquered the grave. I have one who had conquered all my enemies so that he would present me holy and blameless before God and his throne. Because he loved me before the foundations of the world. He loved me even when I didn't love him. For we love because he first loved us. God the Father did not send God the Son in order to love you. He sent the Son because he loves you. And so in the good, in the good news of great joy, we look to the one who is our joy, who is Jesus. Jesus, the incarnate Son of God, who indeed is our joy and who is our peace. Glory to God in the highest. Gloria in excelsis Deum. Amen. Let's pray. O oh, Father in heaven, we give glory to your great name. Because you, O oh Lord, have accomplished everything necessary for the salvation of your people in sending your one and only Son, who is the indescribable gift given to humanity. And we, O oh Lord, thank you that you have humbled us by your grace and spirit to receive the word and to believe it. 
Oh, Lord God, we pray for those who walk in darkness. Perhaps they are family members or friends. Perhaps they are neighbors, our next-door neighbor. Perhaps it's a co-worker. Oh, Father, we pray that you would use us, your people, to declare your praise and glory, to declare that indeed a child is born, his name is Jesus, and that he is the Savior of the world, and he laid down his life as a sacrifice for our sins. Oh, Father, we pray that the good news of great joy would be in our hearts always and in our lips, giving praise to your most holy name. For in Jesus' name we pray, amen. But this time I invite you to please stand with me as we sing number 314, the four stanzas of God Rest You, Merry Gentlemen. <laughs> 